Welcome to Brain Noodles. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Connell, and I am joined today by a couple of my amazing colleagues as we sit around talking about the things that are going on in our lives and the noodles we're having inside of our brains. I'm joined today by Dr. Kelly Dunlap. If you can introduce yourself really quickly. Oh, hi. My name is Dr. Kelly Dunlap. I am a clinical psychologist practicing in Maryland. I'm also the community manager for Take This, which is a mental health nonprofit focused on game players and game developers. And I'm also an adjunct professor of game design at American University and actively working on my own game right now. So a little, little busy. Little bit. Stuff going. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. And we're also joined today by the amazing Dr. Sarah Hayes. <laughs> Hello, I'm Dr. Sarah Hayes. I um do a lot of things. I do uh, <laughs> things with Take This, take things with Queer Women of Esports. I do this with Geeks Like Us. I do therapy things. And right now I'm just enjoying the sunshine. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. All right. Loaded question time. Loaded question time for the start of this podcast. How are y'all doing? You know, today? Today doing okay. I feel That's like literally that what I was going to say. I said, today's okay. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I don't really today. remember what happened yesterday, and I can't really think about tomorrow, but today, today's okay. Me? Yes, you. You. Okay. Um, mine's okay. I was going to say the exact same thing. Today's okay. PAX is overwhelming. I'm missing stuff because we're not physically at the con. Sad, sad faces. Yeah, it, it, PAX Online is an interesting thing. Like it's um, so for behind the scenes of this convention for everybody, uh, PAX switched to online, which you know pretty much every convention has had to do in 2020. Uh, and so a lot of the panels are pre-recorded, but from submit to finding out if your panel was accepted to having to have the pre-recording done, you had like less than two weeks, I think. Um. So it has been a ton of scrambling for everyone to get that done and to get those in. And then there's a few live panels and then trying to do, you know, create like the Q and A stuff and like being available for the time when your panels are on. Like sometimes that's in the middle of like your work day. It's like one of mine is in the middle of my work day. I can't be there for it. And I know one of my colleagues panels is uh, gonna be live at 3 a.m. So there's no way they're going to be, you know, on hand for Q&A with that. So it's, it's been a lot of a challenge. I mean, like, I'm glad that we're doing it and there's some really cool panels um, being presented and some cool stuff happening, but it's just, yeah, like you're saying, Sarah, it's a lot of work. I think I have a, a, a little bit of a different take on facts. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of feelings tied up in it. <laughs> um, first, I, I think this is the first PAX where I haven't had a panel. Um, part of that is intention. I mean, part of that is because some of the stuff I was put on wasn't picked up. Um, but also part of it was knowing, having a pretty good idea of how it would go down with pre-recorded sessions. I would really, really tried to think about future Kelly and her time commitments and not put myself in the pressure cooker. That said, I'm not gonna lie, it is a little like there's a little little pain on the inside near the feeling bits. Um seeing all my friends and colleagues on panels and me going, oh, I don't want one. Um, and so, but just reminding myself like, okay, you know what? That's okay. Because one, that was stress you didn't have to do. Like, good job, past Kelly. It's You're going to survive. And I'm also um, the lead facilitator, moderator, 
for the Take This Discord for PAX. Um, we've Oof. had over 300 people. We've had 300 people come in and uh, it's a lot. It's a very active wow. Discord, which is wonderful and I love it and it's amazing and our volunteers are fantastic and our mods and everybody's just doing an amazing, amazing job. It is like a warm hug of a Discord and it is, it is, a, <laughs> it is a lot. I have not seen a single panel yet because I am just, there's, there's so much to do. Um, yeah, it's a, definitely a different experience than, mm -hmm. You know, if you've, if you've been to a PAX before, obviously it's going to be a different experience, but I'm wondering what it's going to be like for people when, when it's over, like 12 days. It's a long time. I, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a super long time. And things are a bit disorganized, but not on our Discord. Our Discord is flowing like a very well run ship. So <laughs> I'm glad it looks like that. <laughs> From the outside... All that matters. That's all community management is, is smoke and mirrors and misdirection. <laughs> Make it look good That's over it. here and over here. And then it's, there's a mess over here, but it's okay. We'll get to it eventually. Yeah. You pay no attention. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I, you know, I'm wondering like when conventions are going to come back or how they're going to come back and what's going to happen with that. Because like, we're not, I mean, if, but the uh, vaccine trials in most places are only in stage two, which sometimes can last several years. Um, so I don't know. Calls for papers and conferences for 2021, and, you know, putting stuff out there like you do because they're academic conferences and they go out way, way early. And they're calling for like, you know, March, 2021, you know, if it's in person, it will be here. And if not, we'll go online. And they're still like kind of straddling that line of, you know, if it's in person, we'll still have online access, which I think if it could just stay there, I would be happy because there's some stuff I want to go to because the content like GDC, for example, that's a con I want to go to because the panels, at least some of them are so good. Access to the vault is invaluable as a games researcher, but I don't want to go to San Francisco. No offense. It's really expensive. Like the, the price tag to get into GDC is like a privilege barrier. Um, and so to have the online component without actually having to travel, I love that. Whereas something like PAX, the main reason I go is not for the content or panels. It's because my friends are there and I get to hang out and nerd out. And so I continued like content being made available more broadly. And then there's an, like an optional social aspect that you can opt into if you want. But I mean, realistically, I, I mean, not before, I, I would not be surprised if most places don't have anything in person, even next year. I think they're going to push for it. And then we're going to see the exact same thing happen. Places that mm -hmm. do it early, you're going to see a spike and then everything's going to shut down again. So that's my, that's my super optimistic, happy hot take. <laughs> I think that's realistic though. I mean, like con crud is a thing. That has, you know, we all have gotten the honor to speak and be at a bunch of conventions and like you get sick at conventions because they are just, you know, all of these germs and viruses from all across the country and some places all across the world come and commune together while we shake hands and high five and hug lots and lots of people and all of us touch the same products that we're thinking of buying and like all these things that we're just now knowing everything we know about COVID and 
stuff we knew about germs anyway were squeamish on, but I just, um, oh my gosh, we're ugh. <laughs> super gross. We're just germ machines that make lots of things germy. <laughs> but I, I think that does raise like a, this really kind of existential question of, you know, well, what, what will the new normal because we know it's not going to be locked down forever. That is definitely a line I've had to use with my clients and with myself over and over and over again. If it's not forever, it might be a long time. It's definitely going to be a longer time than I initially thought. And it's probably longer, definitely going to be longer than I want it to be. But this is not going to be how we live for the rest of our lives. And But I am super curious about thinking, what will it look like after? And mm -hmm. how do we know what after is? And for, I know for a lot of people, myself included, I, the idea of going back to say working in an office full time, even though it's my therapy job and I love it, it literally, like I can feel my stomach roiling, just thinking about having to do that commute every day of having to be in person every day of having to be in an office and only have office hours when the office is available because we share, you know, offices because you maximize, um, you know, space that way and not being able to see people when I'm available, but rather when the room is available. And, you know, my husband going back to leaving at seven in the morning and not getting home until eight o'clock at night and being a single mom, you know, for those few hours in between and being the only one there to put the kiddo to bed and to feed him and to do stories. And I literally can just feel my entire body like start to scream when I think about going back to quote unquote, the way it was. And so I think a lot, it's, I mean, realistically it's, it can't. I don't think it'll ever go back to the way it it was, but it is going to be different than it is now. Well, and I, I think I had an interesting discussion about this actually with a client this week of like what this has done in a good light. And then also what's been challenging, you know, like the fact that we are so overscheduled, like and like that just got taken away and like a lot of parents have to overschedule out of necessity it's like i need kid to go from school to after school care to sport sporting event of some kind so that way when i get home that's when kiddo is also coming home but the the reality is is like working that long and having to go into offices when we don't necessarily need to and it's not helping anything i don't see that you know, like, I don't see a reason for us to go back to normal. Um, you know, I was at Twitter and Google, I think, have both said that their um, employees can f work fully remotely from here on out. Um, it might not be Google. It's I know Twitter is one of them is Twitter and another biggie. Um, to the point that I was actually reading an article a few weeks ago that uh, Rental prices in San Francisco have started falling for the first time in however many years, because as these big tech companies are saying, you don't have to live in San Francisco to work here anymore. People are like, cool, I'm out. I actually want to go rent an apartment that I can have some space to move around in. Um, so I, yeah, but I don't think, I, I don't know that schools are going to be able to go back to normal the way they were. Um, which is again also probably a good thing, but I, I don't think this you know we can't continue with full remote learning either. That's not realistic. But there's got to be some sort of in between. I mean, the way that the economy is set up and the way that employment is set up makes that 
almost impossible. That makes that incredibly hard because in order for families to live the way that they've been living, they have to have a certain level of income. And if your level of income is two parents making money full-time work and then two kids, you're going to have to find some sort of arrangement to make sure your children are getting educated if you're both trying to work. And with the pandemic, so many people have had one person stop working or work part-time or have to arrange different hours, and it's just not going to be sustainable unless there's a different way that we approach child care and education and work. Like, the economy is going to need an overhaul in order for all of us to be able to pull this off. I think that's maybe one of the reasons this idea of, oh, well, I can't wait for it to go back to normal. is like, no, it, it can't. You know, the same way that, you know, our lives, at least in the U.S., changed you know, even in almost a small way after 9-11, because we're recording around that time too, like you still had to take your shoes off <laughs> in the airport. You know, I remember when you you could just walk with the person up to the actual gate where they were getting on the plane. Now I feel really old, you know, and so parts of our lives just irrevocably changed. And this is arguably way, 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 not even arguably, this is so much larger than that. And I think I had a, something happen with a, a friend of mine that I feel like is kind of a bellwether for what's to come. And that is they, their office was remote and then their boss decided, you know what? I think it's fine now. We should all come back. We should just all come back into the office. And it was a small office, only like seven or eight people and all like uncoordinated, all separately, the seven non, you know, everyone else emailed that person saying, no, I'm caring for an elderly person or a vulnerable population, or I don't feel safe or I have to be around for my kiddo. And then the person, the, the manager was like, oh, well, okay, we'll come in if you want to. And so it was kind of like this assertion of, well, let's go back to the way things were, you know, for the people who can afford to do that in every sense of the word afford. And then the people who, you know, let's be real, are the workforce, not the managers, but the workforce, um, were able to push back even uncoordinated because it's just not manageable. And so I definitely see that as like almost a, um, like a second labor movement, or there might have been more than one labor movement. I'm not, I'm not a history buff. I'm sorry, but another labor movement where we redefine what it means to to work. And guess what? You don't need your boss standing over your shoulder to see if you're doing work. You don't need that kind of supervision. Um, that's my rant. I'm gonna stop there because I could really derail on that real quick. I have strong feelings. Well, no, it, and it's valid. Like there's. I remember being very, very struck in uh, undergrad. I was taking a geology class of all things. And the geology professor was saying to us, he's like, never forget that how we live is an experiment. And until the, you know, once the parameters of this experiment change, how we live will change. Like that's just what's going to happen. And that's what I kind of keep coming to is like the parameters of the experiment have now changed. And so now we're going to have to adjust how we live and we're going to have to figure out a different way to live, you know, and, let's just throw, you know, throw us into the fire too of like, not only has the, have things changed in terms of our vulnerability to disease, but like the West coast is on fire. The West coast, of the U S right now is on fire. Um, there are so many hurricanes happening this season. I just got a notification yesterday that tropical storm 20 uh, I don't know if it's gotten a name yet, but they just were, they were coming up so fast. They were popping up on the National Weather Service stuff as numbered before they could get named. 
like th there's a lot of climate change going on too. And we've got to figure all of that out and figure out where we all fit in this. And so there's the great experiment. So I guess let's take this into a different realm. What would be some things that you would want to change? Like to how we as how is we as humans are living right now as an experiment what would be the things that you would want to see change the most like what would be the the dr Dalton lab and the dr hayes fixes for the world and how how humans live right now <laughs> their faces i wish this was a little bit of a video podcast right now because their faces are priceless <laughs> and it's the same face too it's the, oh boy, do I have feelings and opinions on this, but I don't know how much of that I want to share openly in a rant <laughs> on a podcast. It could be a small things, right? Like, it, you know, I, I think like, I, I'll put myself on the chopping block first if it helps with the anxiety. Like, um, I definitely think school should be year round. Um, there's in actually in North Carolina, there's a few districts that do year round school where they go for I think it's four to six weeks, then take two weeks off and just continually do that. And that creates a lot more stability and that children don't have a big dip in their learning over the summer. And there's more predictability for things. Um, that seems to work really well. I also think we need to figure out what needs to happen with work. If you are a skilled laborer who produces things, I think like it should be based on your production of things, not the hours that you work and where you work those hours. If you are able to work them safely and conveniently from home and still get done what needs to be to get done, then you do that. Like, there's no reason to have to go out and to do things. All right, I'll jump in. I will caveat it with, it is not realistic in my lifetime, probably, but this is, this is the Dr. Dunlap fix. I want Star Trek. I yes. want a society that has all needs and necessities cared for, taken care of. I don't know if you want to call it universal basic income, universal healthcare, whatever you want to call it. But basically, nobody has to work a job they hate. People pursue the things that are of interest to them and that you can have pursuits like science and curiosity and art and just do it and live the life that you want to live without worrying about making money for stockholders or for investors or for billionaires. And rather, you just get to live life in a much less restrictive way. And so again, there, I mean, there's some of that, the very good step would be a universal basic income. Like there's absolutely no reason why your right to live should be tied to how much work you can do. That's my, my radical notion. Um, yeah. And of course, use a universal basic income, uh, healthcare, everyone like that's written into life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life is literally access to healthcare. Liberty is the ability to do what you want to do and not be stuck in a job that treats you like crap. And the pursuit of happiness is tied into both of those things. So yeah, I want Star Trek. I like it. What about you, Sarah? I can dig the Star Trek model. I feel like my logic is that it's similar but different in that like part of the major problem with the treatment model that we currently have in the United States is that if someone has chemical dependency or use or abuse of illegal substances or legal substances, we remove them from all of their currently standing resources that they've built underneath themselves, even if it is only housing and job. We take them away from those. Oftentimes people lose their housing. Oftentimes people lose their pets. They lose access to their children. They lose access to their jobs because they have to go 
to a 90-day, 120-day, six-month treatment program. And it's basically, it's not incarceration, but the life impacts can be similar because you're taken out of everything. Everybody gets to know that, like, where did Joe go? Oh, he's in treatment. He's in rehab. There's a lot of social stigma and judgments there. So I think we need to flip that. I think if someone is struggling, we should be there to support them. If someone wants to pursue corporate success, good on you. Enjoy that income. Enjoy that work that you're putting in because that's something you want and can do. If you can't do that, it doesn't mean we should be leaving you out to hang to dry. We should have it be a base rate of support and understanding that like you should not have to bend to the will of somebody else in order to survive. But you should be able to choose to bend to the will of someone else for your own strategic success and goals and values, if that's your choice. But I think it should be a choice, not an effort of a requirement. Yeah. So if someone is struggling with food, we should have food banks more widely available and better food in them if we can. We should have more education around gardening and budgeting and have, like, better education around self-sufficiency and access to that education and less discrimination. That's the Dr. Hayes fix. I like it. I like this. So I like this. Basically just burn everything down and start again. <laughs> Scrap it all. Let's do it again. Well, you know what? What I find really interesting, like uh, if anybody has seen the good place up through the end of the series, it's so good. It's so good. But like, um, do we, I'm going to go like mild spoilers for season four. So if you haven't gotten there, like turn this down for the next like 10 what's, seconds. What's so. the last, last season? Four. I thought it was three. Okay. It was four. Because I've seen all seasons. but the last season. Okay. So maybe. Are you talking about, so this will not spoil it, but are you talking about tomatoes? Uh, a little bit. Yes. Yeah. The tomato argument that comes up. Do you know I'm what I'm going to take my headphone out. You're going to want to. Okay. You're going to want to take out your your headphone. headphone. I'll I'll wave at you when it's time. So the idea that the system that they have to judge if people are good or bad is biased because you have to survive on earth and like you have to do things like pay rent and buy your groceries. And so that like the afterlife gets set up so that you can live in an area where your basic needs are taken care of and then your ability to be a good person can be expressed through that. Um, I think it's a really interesting idea Mm -hmm. and like it kind of, opens up the idea of humanity being good or bad okay kelly can come back now we'll wave at her well before she comes back don't come back don't come back uh i really wish this was a video podcast because this is no no um my thing is that similar to that it's like how do we because when big spoiler alert for the good place season four when they get to heaven or the good place yeah Word. The good place, yeah. Deity suspended. Uh, everybody has the choice to be a good person or not. They've earned their way there, and now they get to just have free reign. And some people do really terrible things anyways. Like the people who were in charge of making the choices about who got through made really terrible choices, mm-hmm. and that implication was really hard. So I think we have to think about everybody. We have to stop thinking about ourselves. Okay, okay. now... Should- <laughs> Yeah, well, but I mean, basically... Welcome back! <laughs> Spoilers! 
no more spoilers spoiler free zone now no but basically what you both are saying Mm -hmm. i think all of us is like have a little bit of empathy learn to care for other people and the world gets a little bit better yeah i I like Mm -hmm. um in high school like you know you know you have to do all the like the required english reading in high school and some of it is just awful like with the red badge of courage and the scarlet letter i hate those books i will always i hated them when i read them i still hate them um but one of my teachers uh science slaughterhouse five um which is a phenomenal book and if you've never read it it's weird and it's interesting and there's just some amazing things in there but one of like the ending lines in the book that kurt vonnegut has is like why not be kind like it doesn't cost you anything to be kind so and we don't know how long we're going to be around here so why not just be kind i really like that (laughs) What's the harm? What does it harm you to let somebody else exist with a a manner of respect as long as everyone is being mutually respectful? It's a radical concept. Kelly's looking at us like this is an idealistic world that will never happen. I would say never because never is black and white thinking and it's a cognitive (laughs) distortion. That's true. I know I was actually just thinking about my Facebook feed and how every 30 days I have to mute my grandmother because I (laughs) can't bring myself to unfriend her on facebook because she's 90 something um but then all of a sudden my timeline is filled with posts about how basically how some people deserve to live and some people don't how some people should be entitled to support and medication and care and basic living things um and some people shouldn't and i can't like my, my mood will just nosedive not very kind. every every single time and uh yeah so i have to uh, i have to mute my grandmother and so yeah. like what well, what does guess... it take to be kind well I'll, I'll ask her because she'll tell you she's kind and that all of this is you know either someone deserves it or someone's asking for it or you know it's not her problem and someone else yeah it's all about someone getting something that someone else thinks they shouldn't and okay nah thanks grandma you're doing a kindness for yourself by muting her bones yes i I can maintain being a good granddaughter like i can you know she replies to my stuff like i'll post a picture of her grandson and we'll talk that way so that's fine i just don't see the hypocritical vitriol that comes (laughs) that comes with it so yeah it is a kindness for myself Good job, Kelly. Good job. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to change gears and go into a much lighter subject than trying to fix the world. And we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. I'm Zach of Hey, Listen Games. I'm a high school teacher in New York City where I like to teach with video games in both my social studies and English language arts classes. You can find me streaming every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with the Geeks Like Us community where I play games that I have taught with or ones that I plan on teaching with in the future. See you there. And we're back. Welcome back. So this is the part of the show where we go into a deep dive on a discussion. Sometimes we go for deep topics this week. We're not. So the, we are in, uh, it's almost mid September, which is surprising. And so the seasons are changing. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, and like, I'm somebody like in my mind, as soon as it's September, it is fall. Like, I, I don't care that the official season change happens in the middle of the month. Like, no, no, 
September, October, November, or fall, December, January, February, or winter, March, April, May, or spring, June, July, and August, or summer. Like, that's the way it, it should just switch with the month. Someone get on that. I don't know who, who decides when these seasons actually start. But it's about it's about the seasonal solstices. So it's about the sun and moon patterns and when the brightest days are and the longest days are and the shortest days are. Well, then let's just move the months around. They're silly anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Pax is always on March 8th, but March 8th might be on the hottest day of the year and it might be on the coldest. Yeah. We'll know when the solstice <laughs> Well, with climate change, the hottest That's... day, who knows? The hottest day could be every day. Ugh. We're on our way to becoming just... Venus. <laughs> but uh, with the fact that it is now fall and we are yes. having a season's change, I thought we would talk about what our favorite season is. And so... I guess I can I, mean, start. I think it's pretty up. We're all fall. Yeah, I love fall. Fall is amazing. I'm hearing crashing in the background of some husbands, you know? They just everybody okay? Just make noise. <laughs> they can't help. Yeah, it. I no, I he's just living his living his life. Doing the things. <laughs> no, I love fall. Uh, and Kelly, you're again, we are not a video podcast, but we can see in your background you have fall colored flowers and leaf garlands and all kinds of fall colors around and like your hair is actually also fall colored yeah so. well that that's year round that, that is, is year a, round that is a a lifelong trend um but actually, yeah, it looks so well i was gonna say a follow-up question then is it is it because your hair matches the season that it speaks to you no no it's okay. because i like comfy sweaters and i like cozy things and I like that feeling of like wrapping a blankie around you. It's just very nice and cozy. Uh, you know, if we wanted to go Freudian, we could talk about how it's womb-like in the fall. Um, but yeah, September 1, the garlands went up, the flowers came out. Like, I am, I am ready. I am dedicated. And I can guarantee you, I think it's, my deadline is six weeks out from Christmas. We're going we're gonna to turn it over. It's going to turn over and you're going to see Christmas lights. Six weeks. Yeah. That's it? Six weeks. Oh, I have to. I want more time, but then I get yelled at about, well, you forgot Thanksgiving. And my birthday's in early December, too. So I do try to try and keep it somewhat balanced. Um, in my heart, though, it's there all year round. But, you know, and this season, maybe it'll be different because, you know, typically we travel for Christmas. And so I try to like make sure that I get at least a month of Christmas. And if I'm traveling, it doesn't count. But we're not traveling anywhere this year. So I'm just going to. Uh, I will say one of the very, I know this is off topic of fall. I do love fall. I do enjoy winter because I currently have a shed in the back, which I'm very excited about because before we moved here, we raided Lowe's the day after Christmas. And we now have like 10 big inflatable lawn things. And I, we've been doing that for like two or three years now. And we finally have a yard that's large enough. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. So anyway, I love fall. I will mourn your electricity bill. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. It's Christmas spirit. There's no travel bill this year. So no I can get rolled into the electric bill. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next featured on Holiday Extreme Homes, <laughs> the featuring the Dunlaps. <laughs> um, yeah. I love fall. I love that it gets cooler. I love that, you know, there's a nice balance between day and night. Um, I like that, you know, you can not die of heat exhaustion because, again, I live in the mid-Atlantic near D.C. and the summers are absolutely miserable. And, uh, yeah, fall's a nice break from a miserable summer, but it's not cold. 
and I hate the cold. So yeah, spring and spring and fall are my go-tos. Nice. And you're a fall person as well, Sarah? Oh. I am. Spring is number four in the ranking for me, um, to be honest. But I am a fall person. For me, the the Higgy doesn't come in until winter. Cozy is not unless it's like polar what, vortex. What is, what is um, Higgy? But that's... So it's spelled H-Y-G-G-E. What is that? And it, and it's a Scandinavian um, sense of cozy. It's the lighting candles, blankets, mm, fireplaces, I like books, those. hot cup of coffee or cocoa. Look it up. It's great. It's the comfy pajamas and socks. It's like literally like comfy culture. So uh, I need this <laughs> That doesn't life. come out for me until wintertime. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> yes, it's been an Instagram trend for a while, y'all. Get, get with get with the get with the higgy. Um but so I, I'm old. That isn't what fall hits for me. Fall, uh, my <laughs> my birthday is at the beginning of September, so that's always fun. And then it kicks off with the school supply organization, getting to see everybody again, getting into a rhythm. I love the leaves changing color. I don't like cleaning them up, but I don't really mind doing yard work, so that's kind of nice. It's it's crisp mornings, spoopy fun. Like celebrations with people, starting of seasons where people come together more and giving gifts, which is like my favorite thing to do. And um, just kind of it's it's a sense of gathering and of consistency and peace in my life. And so I really like it. Yeah, I, I love fall, too. It is my go to season. I love uh, so like similar to what you were saying, Sarah, with like getting the office supplies and school supplies, the whole back to school feeling of like, you know, a new coat or new jeans or whatever. Not that I'm ever going to wear jeans again because survived pandemic. I get to wear yoga pants. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's my hill. Um, but I, no, I, I love like, yeah, that, that it's cold and cooler and you can be outside, but you're not like freezing. Um, it's like, you know, I, I love that we have jackets and sweaters and hoodies and all these wonderful things that you can use, but then like it usually gets warm enough that you can easily take them off and be in a t-shirt and like just, it's wonderful. Um, for me, yeah, fall, fall is the peak season. Uh, all right. So we, we have gushed about our love of fall. Uh, now I'm curious on what's the bottom season for everybody. Right, Sarah, you already said spring is your number four. So why, why is spring yep, number four? So in Minnesota... In Minnesota, where I grew up and where I reside currently, uh, that was Siri. Spring means <laughs> sorry. Siri is is on it with me because it's obviously the worst season, and I will tell you why. In Minnesota, now in Minnesota, spring does not mean flowers and pretty and fresh and awakening. Spring means forty degree convertible roof down. Everybody's wearing shorts, and everything is mud and soot from the shoveling, and the snow is finally starting to melt. And it's still cold and there's still snow through March. So, like, spring means mush. And spring means you don't quite know what the weather is going to do. But it's all over because if you know anything about the weather in the Midwest, particularly in Minnesota, it can be 90 degrees one day and 60 the next or 50 the next after. So we have everything, the whole gamut of the seasons and the weather. And spring is by far the worst because it's just mushy, wet, gross, cold, stale from the winter. Everything is just kind of dead and nasty. Summer, like June is is what everybody else defines as spring, but June is summer. So that's why I don't like spring. It, it really yeah. depends on, uh, on the geographical location. 
because when I lived in upstate New York, mm-hmm. 100% spring was garbage. You know, even if you think that uh, that snow is pretty, which I vehemently dif- disagree with, but you know, like, oh, look at the snowflakes, look at the little white snowpink, look at the snowman, blah, 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 whatever. By spring, there are now just brown lumps and black and gross and disgusting. So, you know, with that, however, spring in Arizona is amazing. Spring is beautiful and it's like, it's this perfect temperature and it's oh, wonderful. In DC area, the allergies are really bad. So it's not super great. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it, it completely depends on the geographic location where I'm at right now outside of Maryland. Summer is the worst the worst because it's just a swamp we live in a swamp and it's hot and swampy and gross and disgusting and i don't want to do anything so at least in winter like i can put on layers and go out and then sweat in those layers and come in and then get cold when i take them off because it's cold but in the summer there's only so many layers you can take off yeah summer for me is also the worst uh being i'm in north carolina is summer is gross um where I grew up in Maine, it was a very similar to what you're saying, Sarah, like spring was the worst because uh, the it, during the day it would get super hot and everything would thaw out and then there was mud everywhere and then overnight it would freeze. And so then you had like these roads with like all these deep mm-hmm. rivets and it was just, just gross. And then like all the pine trees up there, the pine mm-hmm. pollen just waft, like literally these clouds of pollen come off the trees. It's, it's gross. And someone who has had some allergies in the past, not so fun, but yeah. I, I hate summers down here. Like it's, it's having grown up in a culture where like the idea was if it is nice outside, you need to be outside because you don't know how long the nice weather is going to last to coming here. And it's like, it's nice outside and I need to stay inside where there's air conditioning. Cause then I can actually function. <laughs> so. I just, oh, summer here is better than, better than spring but also we get thunderstorms which is lovely and then when there's not thunderstorms and it's nice out there's like 10 to 15 days of like 90 to 100 degree weather but 100 is really hard to get to and there's boating and lakes and air conditioners unlike seattle where there's no air conditioners built into nearly any buildings even the new ones which was miserable that blows my mind like the idea of living without air conditioning it just doesn't it doesn't compute. I've never done it. Well, because and, like I, there was like I, two days of 80 to 90 degree weather max a year until global warming. I mean, I, I get the concept. Like I understand why, but I just have never lived in any place without air conditioning or possibly a swamp yeah. cooler. You know, in Arizona, we had a swamp cooler, sort of an air conditioner, but like it, mm, no, yeah. no, I need, I need both. I need, I need my heat. Need my coal so I can find that perfect balance between like 68 and 74. If I was like a product, I would tell you keep between temperatures of 65 and 75. That's perfect. <laughs> Unless sleeping and then okay, lower. I have it. a question. Yes. Mm-hmm. Would you rather be too hot or too cold? Too cold. Too hot. <laughs> Always too cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would always rather need a blanket or a coat. Mm-hmm. Always. I would rather die of hypothermia than hyperthermia because hypothermia means you start to go a little bit numb. You feel super happy because of the brain chemicals that are going on. And then you feel like falling asleep and taking a nice nap and then you die in your sleep. 
So we didn't talk about dying. We escalated very quickly. I'm just thinking of, okay, I'm thinking about a time when I've been too cold and like shoveling snow out of my driveway in, you know, the midst of a blizzard so that there's mm-hmm. less to shovel the next morning to try and get the kid to school. And like the pain of like your fingers hurt. And like when you breathe in cold air and you can feel the boogers in your nose freeze or it hurts to breathe like that's no 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 that's it's physically painful hot is just hot you know you can only sweat so much and you know i definitely have i've been in phoenix in 120 degree weather playing soccer games you're sweaty and you're gross and it's hot but you know like you deal with it and you go on not I mean, hot is stifling and suffocating. Cold is you. Besides the boogers, you described my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> is that why your hair is blue now, Sarah? Is you're so cold, your hair has turned blue. <laughs> yeah, that's why mine's red. <laughs> I think we found our Halloween costumes. Yes. We found our <laughs> Halloween costumes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I'd rather be too cold. I could always put on more clothing and cuddle up than. Uh, you know, you just hit a certain point of heat and you just can't do anymore. And it just feels gross and miserable. And I hated it. So. But I think, Kelly, you also might be slightly I, I, skewed from having grown up with dry heat versus humid heat. Yeah. And if you do not know the difference, turn your oven on, stick your head in it. When is it? 300. There you go. That's Arizona heat times three. Okay. Boil a pot of water, stick your head in that. And that is mid-Atlantic, Midwestern heat. And it's disgusting and awful. I would, t- I mean, that, that might be a yeah. different thing. I mean, Midwestern heat depends on the day, but it can be. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Muggy, humid. Sometimes it's humid. Sometimes it's not. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. No, thank you. That's gross. Yeah. When we were, when I was getting ready to deploy to Iraq, we were staging at Fort Benning, Georgia, and then uh, flew from Fort Benning in July to Kuwait, um, and though Kuwait was technically temperature hotter, it felt so much better because it was dry heat as opposed to swamp walking around in a swamp. Um, so, <laughs> I feel like when it's dry heat, if you go in the shade or there's a breeze, it does not like it is deceptive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it's as hot as it is. Yeah, but I mean, if humid heat, there's no escape. If nothing else, like <laughs> humid heat, it feels like you're choking on the air. Yeah. Like you can't breathe. <laughs> you literally cannot breathe because. But your skin says thank you. Yes. Skin is all <laughs> glowy and nice. <laughs> all right. So fall is the best. Summer can be the worst. Spring can be the worst. Um, I like when, my, for me, the order is, you know, fall, winter, spring, summer currently. But if I was up north, it'd be fall, winter, summer, spring, I think. That's my order, mm-hmm. the second one. Yeah. All right. Well, on that, Kelly disagrees because she hates Olaf and she cuts to my soul with her hatred of snow. I really do. I really, really hate snow. I We're going to stage a snow intervention for Kelly at some point. I, I lived in upstate New York for two years, like near Syracuse, like snowdrift snow, lake, lake effect. That's the thing that it's called lake effect snow. I've seen it. I lived through it. I shoveled it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But did you go snow tubing? No. Because that makes Why it would you do it? that? That's See, that's awful. the thing. It's like because you, it's so fun. You have to find this play <laughs> in snow. You have to touch like, the snow. Then you have to touch it. You have oh, to I interact can... with the snow in some way. No, 
no, no, no, no, no. I would like, when I was a kid, I would go sledding and literally like just when I was tired, I would just lay down. Now given I'm in a snowsuit and a hat and properly dressed, but I literally would just like flop down and take a nap. Yeah. I am the human embodiment of a husky. <laughs> nope. Mm -mm. Don't like it. It's, it's pretty to look at from afar. Like when the mountaintops have snow on them, I'm like, oh, that's very picturesque. That's fine. Just keep it away from me. I don't, like if we ever went on a, on a brain noodle ski trip, I would just stay in the lodge and I would never leave. I would just stay there. Ski. I was no. a ski instructor no, 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 for a little no, while. No, no. Oh, no, you would have so much fun, Kelly. You would. I am not about strapping planks of wood to my feet and shoving myself down a mountain. That's not. <laughs> what about sticking your butt in an inner tube and then shoving yourself down? No, nope, still not. Because that's nope. a lot more accessible nope. and fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, yeah. I've seen plenty of movies about avalanches. No, thank you. Like that, that is like the worst thing that I could ever imagine dying is like an avalanche. <laughs> but in Minnesota, there's no hills like yeah. that. There's no mountains. But how do you go sledding? Like little hills. There's, I mean, there's hills, but it's. It's yeah, okay, we're getting like, real particular it's now. A, we're getting you need real a mountain first. There's no tectonic plates. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. I will stick. I will stick to my warm-ish activities. Well, I'm not denying you your fun. On that contentious point. <laughs> I'm not yucking your yum. I just find it repulsive. I'm happy that you're happy. <laughs> Same to a topic as as simple as what's your favorite season could become this divisive. <laughs> Oof. But anyway, we'll take a quick break and when we come back, we'll talk about the things we've been noodling on. Did you know that Geeks Like Us has a Patreon? Our Patreons get to do things like vote on the next games we're going to play and have inside looks at what we're planning next. And Patreon supporters help support our channel and help us grow. Thank you to all our Patreon supporters. And we're back. So this is the end of the podcast. This is the part where we get to talk about the different things that our brains have been noodling on over the past week. Who would like to start this time? I'm excited. I will. Yeah. So today I I had some uh, very, very necessary help from two of our dear friends who are streamers, um, Celesma and uh, GamerDoc, and they designed the structure of the computer that I ordered today that I will be putting together as soon as it arrives. So I'm super excited. I picked a white build out to match my monitor. I got rainbow lights and everything everywhere. I ordered a very special um, hashtag not a sponsor ducky keyboard that uh, if you don't know about ducky, they do a ton of like light up stuff. Very cute, very aesthetic. But I got one that has a special rainbow edition that was really hard to find. And it has really cool details on the keyboard. All of the keys are different colors. I'm just super jazzed about it. It's going to be so like, I'm going to be like a disco every time I sit down to do anything. And I can't wait. Oh. And then I can finally play like actual games with people other than, you know, on my devices. Although I am a console gamer at heart, but I'm super excited. So wait, will this be a PC? Is it going to be a PC then? Yeah, this is a full PC build. Oh, so we can like play Steam games together? Like a gaming computer. Yes, it's a gaming computer. Explicitly. Yay! Yes. I have a gaming PC too. It's the Yay! only PC I have. I, I don't know how to use PCs other than my gaming PC. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. I'm a Mac user, so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun ride. As, as I said earlier in the podcast, I'm old. I've been a Mac user since 1995. Since like the since like the legally blonde, cute desktop choice of color on the back of your MacBook, mm -hmm. Apple user. Yeah, I have a 530 
laptop that is still in my husband's office and it still boots up sort of <laughs> i love it i am anyway trying to mute there's a tiny human running laps practicing stopping okay. i think upstairs so um you know they happen so but other things not involving him because i've noodling, noodling a lot on how what crafts should i do with my tiny human like i saw this really cute art project where you take an apple and you cut it in half and then you paint it with orange paint and you use it as a stamp to make like little pumpkins yeah. so cute try to do that with my kid not not within five minutes all he wanted was red and it was from tip of his finger all the way up to his elbows on both hands and i have pictures of him just standing there with his hands up like a surgeon mommy look at my hands are all red like so other than that, other than that, um, this week I've really been noodling on, you know, what it means to do community management and what it do, does to like build a community out. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of, you know, very expensive and fancy places that can't build out a good community. And so I was, you know, I'm always like to thinking, okay, what, what is working around here? How can I make the, take this discord better? Like what, what can I do to like enhance the community here? And so, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about, okay, how am I retaining engagement? Not by numbers, but like, do people feel safe? Do people feel comfortable? Do people feel empowered to share things? And am I checking in with the community enough? Like, okay, there's a lot of very specific discussion going on in a general thread. Maybe I need to create a new thread so that as opposed to saying, don't talk about that here, or that's not appropriate. It's rather, hey, I noticed this was going on. Let me offer you a place to do that. And that's happened a couple times. And you're just kind of trying to keep tempo and respond as much as I can to the community that I have. Um, and then like this morning, there was a moderation action that had to be taken. I mean, the, <laughs> this is what a moderation action, uh, an enforcement action in the takes the server looks like. It's, you know, I think someone's talking a little bit too much in the wrong thread. Maybe we should redirect them. And that's all it was, but it was a bunch of our volunteers in like our little volunteer Slack going, this person, I, I don't think, does anybody else feel like this is the right place? I don't think this is the right place. Do you feel like this is the right place? Maybe they're all talking and like just this kind of back and forth of people who were so afraid to take any kind of stance and that, that which is fine. Like they were all, they were engaging with the person. They were trying very gentle redirection. And then I came in and was like, bam, this is what we're doing. Like, thank you for your input. Please direct it this way. Let's save this for the space for this thing. And in my brain, okay, cool. Like I, I did the thing. And then I got like five messages <laughs> from different mod volunteers and even staff, take the staff members going, sorry, I tried to, you know, I, I, I think I was your good cop to your bad cop and I didn't think I needed a bad cop. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Like you guys did all the right things. I get to be, like, so now I'm thinking, am I the bad cop? But so just a lot of thoughts about community management and how different this particular one is because the previous community I ran for 10 years was an esports-based, Halo-based fan community. And oh my God, guys, it's so different. <laughs> it's, so, it's so different. I can imagine. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the idea that like community manage management is a full-time job. Those people need to be paid more who do it full-time. It is incredibly difficult. There are so, like, mm -hmm. you have to have the technical skill and the soft skills and the interpersonal skills and all the skills. And uh, yeah, it just, it's really cool to see it all kind of come together and see packs happen. And I think I was on Discord probably about 18 hours yesterday. Like, it was up during clients. I wasn't looking at it during clients, but it was up. 
um, just to make sure that everything was running okay. And it did, and it has, and it's super stoked. And I feel like I'm talking way too much, but I'm really, really excited about the Discord and like what it's going to look like after PAX and the hard work that it is to build community management, but also the payoff when you do have a solid community is just, it's so good guys. It's like chocolate. It's really, really good. <laughs> oh, it definitely is. Like that's been it's something I'm so proud of with like what we do geeks like us of tooting our own horn of like trying to be super inclusive and getting lots of people in and like trying to find, mm -hmm. plus, give people a space to talk and to grow and like to try and be, and that challenge of being a supportive community and not gatekeepy, but also making sure that we're being safe for, you know, not creating hostility for people and how to like uh, clearly explain what expectations are and what can happen and what's okay and what's not okay. It's a, such a big challenge. Like, it's so awesome that so many people are being intentional about making good communities. And like, there there are, you know, like, take this is amazing. I think what we're doing at Geeks Like Us is really fun. And then like, we've got, you know, our friends at Game to Grow are doing their stuff too. Like, it's all, you know, and then Leyline's also just started on Discord too. So there's like lots of different cool communities popping up. Um, so they're just if anyone is interested in community management, I highly, highly, highly recommend checking out Victoria Tran. She's the community manager for Kit Fox oh, Games. Shout out to VJ. Like, I, I sit there. It's like going to community management church. I just sit there and I take notes and she is absolutely amazing. And all of her resources are fantastic. And so if you are looking to grow and have and foster and develop a community that is intentionally positive and supportive, that's like oh, that's the holy awesome. grail. And she did, um, she was on a panel, I spied it, I was looking when I was building my schedule out of things that I either want to catch later or watch live. Um, she was on a panel about community management and develop that skill uh, for packs online. So you could probably find the video on a band somewhere if that's something you're trying to work on. But what about you? Uh, what about you, Megan? What are you, what are you noodling on? Yeah. Uh career stuff and trying to balance that out and figure out like what that looks like um as very very excitedly uh the integrating geek culture into therapeutic practice is being released i have a chapter in that Yay! um that i co-authored with uh the kilmers and uh cool stuff happening and kind of that strange realization of being in an academic book and like what that looks like and then wanting to teach more and, and because I can only run so many D&D groups before I burn out. I think I was trying to do three this year. I'm kind of glad one of them didn't take off and I'm only doing two because I think actually with a full caseload of clients plus doing the at-home learning and geeks like us, two is probably my max. And so trying to balance that out of like, how do I support other people becoming therapeutic dungeon masters and train people well and also educate and do making sure managing my own energy and not taking on too much like this is one of the things i was really t intentionally trying to work on in 2020 was cutting back and kind of trying to regroup and i feel like i've gotten to a place where my cup is full enough that i actually have a little bit that i can tip out into other things again um so i can do a little bit more and but like trying to be very intentional about not over tipping that again <laughs> and managing it all and so what that's all going to look like i don't know oh i'm figure it out and then it'll be time to retire or something <laughs> now that that is a dream 
that mm-hmm. that retirement word mm-hmm. i i don't hold out any disillusions i don't think it's going to happen i mean like we are both blessed and cursed with a job that you as long as you are cognitively functioning and able to articulate fairly well you could do this job through your 80s all yeah. i'm saying if i were to win the lottery i wouldn't do this job anymore <laughs> Agreed. I mean, I, I, I hope that's not too crass. Although I will say, <laughs> no. I, so here's my thing. I think that our answers would be so abundantly different if it weren't a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I've seen an article be taking the rounds around Facebook and around Twitter lately between the therapy community of like, it's been six months of pandemic and all of us are hitting our limits. Like we're doing the skills we're trying to teach our clients to do. We're doing the things we need to do for self-care and for space and for boundaries and all these other things. But we, we too are humans undergoing the stress of a pandemic and to have our emotional bandwidth be our tool and our brain be our tool. It is very, 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 very difficult to survive that emotionally and physically. Um, not that like this is where I believe it full heartedly and whatever. I mean, I've I've had one heck of a journey that I'm not going to go into details about on the podcast, but um, everybody here knows very well, and I'm not proud of everything that I've been like all the choices I've had to make and all of the things I've had to do in the corners I've had to cut as not clinically, but just like in the rest of my life, and that's the one thing I've been trying to protect, and it it has been really hard. Um, but there are people who do better than I am. There are people who do way worse than I am. So it's it's hard as a clinician to have objective thought on that when we are in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, yeah. Just as a validation point to you. Yeah. I mean, there. I think that this could definitely be its own podcast topic. But the idea of like, you know, clinician burnout and not just the normal sense, but y'all, we're, we're tired and we're human. Yeah. And I hope this comes across as like sincere as I mean it, you know, because sometimes I put my foot in my mouth, but it'd be nice to give therapists a crumb of credit. You know, I, I, all the think pieces out there about, you know, from first responders to nurses, to teachers, like, yes, absolutely. Hella mad respect, not taking from them at all. But then I also listen to the podcast that like sign off every single one and thank you to our teachers and our, you know, our public service or, uh, you know, service workers. And mm-hmm. again, everybody deserving of a shout out. I don't think I've ever heard anybody actually mention mental health professionals. And I was mentioning to someone the other day about, you know, oh, Kelly, did you, did you see, you know, there's a second wave coming and it's going to be the mental health wave. I'm like, yeah, welcome to like four months ago. Like this is mm-hmm. real. We've been talking about this since April. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's this, this, you know, especially with it being suicide awareness month, again, there's these times where mental health comes up as being important, but then it also subsides as a lot of, you know, social justice and healthcare issues tend to, but like, I just want to like give a big hug to all my clinicians out there because we really are doing incredibly difficult work. We also tend to not be super equipped to handle it. <laughs> um obviously in different ways from other we push ourselves to the limit yeah i mean i remember yeah i mean so just wanting to give a shout out to all the therapists out there because we do a lot of hard work and it is different from the other hard work that other people do which is yes incredibly valid but so is ours and so is our our difficulties and our struggles and i think the way i help people conceptualize what we do like because i i do a fair amount of trauma work not as much as i did when i was active duty but i still 
keep my hand in it. And I say like, my job is to carry somebody else's worst day. So they tell me their worst day and then I carry it with them. And yeah. I have a lot of people's worst days. And like, that yeah. is our job. And that it, it's a burden we're very happy to take on and something we're very equipped to do, but it is, it does get heavy sometimes. So I actually, I mean, I, I, I husband just texted me that dinner's ready. So I'm going to run in just a second, but I actually had somebody ask me, Kelly, how do you stay happy all the time? Every time I see you, you're always happy. And this is a, a client. And I'm like, listen, I'm not always happy. I show up for you because that's my job. And I, I don't mean that in a dismissive way, but like, it is my job to be that reality check for you. And therapists, you know, that's what we do. We put on that face and we help people through their hardest mm -hmm. days, their worst days and their struggles. And then we have to go home and <laughs> we deal with our own dark days and our own struggles. Or JK, we're home. Or, or JK, <laughs> we're home. We have to take a block to have, you know, take a walk around the block to remind yep. our brains that maybe we're done with work now and maybe we can let it go. And so, yeah, just that, you know, th there was a meme going around like, check on your strong friend. They're not okay right now. And I feel like that you could just yeah. check on strong friend and replace it with therapist. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I just want to shout out to all of us who are seeing people and being that steadiness for them even when we ourselves are like mm -hmm. yeah no it, it, it's hard for everybody and i think like that's important and like this is why self-care is so important we actually had an interesting discussion going on in our discord for brain noodles talking about that of like the difference of maintenance versus self-care and thinking about that that might be a good future topic for us to discuss but yeah. please join us at the geeks like us discord to talk to us uh, tell us what you're noodling on we'd love to hear the noodles from our listeners and just to get to know what what everybody else is thinking um if you like our podcast and you like what we do please consider supporting us over on patreon it helps us do things uh like hopefully get to the point where we can pay our community manager too and take care of everything that we do um <laughs> oh i love you amelia amelia is wonderful she's also our community manager as well as the one she who is. makes all of us sound like that we are talking coherently <laughs> on this podcast quite, appreciate quite a task it is thanks amelia and never mind she's a therapist too, yes so she's doing the good work yes she's on the side doing everything so big shout out to her and thank you to her but again if you want to be part of the discussion please join the geeks like us discord and thank you we will see you all soon or talk to you all soon i guess we don't see you we talk to you <laughs> brain noodles is a production of geeks like us your host for this podcast is dr megan connell joined with her fellow noodlers doctors kelly dunlap sarah hayes and rachel cowart your producer for this podcast is Amelia Herbst. Music for this podcast is The Life of Riley by Kevin McLeod. Follow us and support us on Twitch and Twitter at Geeks Like Us. That is G33KSLIKEUS. That is Geeks with Two Threes Like Us. Join the conversation as well. We also have a Discord and an Instagram. Tags for both of those can be found in the show notes. Hope to see you around and keep noodling. And Stop. if you like your therapist, be nice to them and give them a hug. And by hug, I mean go into session and talk about what's actually going on with you rather than just trying to make your therapist laugh. Yeah. <laughs>